Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome back to the All Things Renovation bathroom series. I'm Brandy, aka the Boss Lady, and today we're going to get into some of the sexy stuff, cabinetry, Main, namely the vanities and the storage units that go into a bathroom. There are so many styles of cabinetry, cottage, farmhouse, modern farmhouse, craftsman, rustic, traditional, modern, French, Italian, eclectic, Mediterranean, but if we want to reduce it to two main buckets, I would say there's basically a traditional style and more of a contemporary or a modern style. And by now, after putting together some of your dream boards, you will most likely see the direction that you'll be headed and that there are a multitude of ways that you can personalize things to your needs. Traditional cabinetry usually has more decorative elements and contemporary or modern usually has more clean and sleek lines. Now, timeless design is usually a bit of a, a mix between the two and it doesn't really follow the trend of the day. So if you want to have something that sort of stands the test of time, I would say maybe try and find the mix between those two that feels right for you and you won't be looking at a bathroom uh, vanity that's super dated in you know 10 or 15 years. Now regardless of the style, there are three main categories for quality and construction to consider. Uh, the first one is modular or big box. This is uh, often a flat-packed product with divorce-inducing tools, if you could call them that, um, that are included in the box and they allow the homeowners to assemble the cabinet themselves. Uh, cabinets that uh, come in incremental sizes, usually two or three inches from one size of the cabinet to the next, both in width and depth and height, uh, sort of uh, give you... A, the chance to fill up your wall, but often there's a wider gap uh, between a wall and a cabinet that you know just doesn't seem to fit. So you have a little bit of a more of a, a chance of getting wasted space there. And a good option if you are on a, a really tight budget is an all-in-one product that you can buy off the rack um, at any big box store really these days. And it will have the cabinet, the countertop, and, and it will also often have the sink in the box. Sometimes it's integrated into the cap, uh, the countertop and other times it's a a standalone um, little basin that you have to, you know, attach to it. Um, but just keep in mind that you you do get what you pay for here, and the quality is often adequate for maybe like a lower traffic bathroom, like say maybe a powder room. But I'd hesitate to use it in a really heavily used family bathroom where there's tons of activity all day long. Now, custom modular is the next sort of option, and these can be fairly customized in dimension, but not really their detailing. Basically, the fabrication is done in a production shop. They have their set way of doing things, and they don't like to deviate from it. And if you do ask them to do so, it'll cost you quite a bit because they have to pull it kind of out of their production line in order to accommodate whatever your request is. Now, fully customized is the last option and obviously it's going to be a more money but as the name suggests uh, this option would allow you to do anything and everything uh, that's fully customized from dimension to detailing 
and all kinds of things. So um, I kind of think of it as almost like a furniture grade uh, level because the attention to detail and the, the quality of what you're getting is really top shelf. It's premium. Okay, so we're going to blast through a bit of Cabinetry 101 now. There's a few different styles of construction that impact the fit and the finish as well as the price point. And what I mean by this is that the doors and drawers can interact with the carcasses in different ways and how the cabinets are actually assembled themselves. So for those of you who don't understand the term carcass in relation to how it applies to cabinetry as opposed to a carcass that a, you know, a vulture is going to feed off of, uh, the carcass is basically the box and what you see when you open your doors and is comprised of a top, bottom, back, and sides. Now the assembly of that car carcass for cheaper mass-produced types of cabinetry, it's, it's usually stapled or, or pinned together. Doesn't Often it does not include a back um, or you get one that's like basically a piece of cardboard. Um, and, if, and you really do get what you pay for here. A better quality and value of production cabinetry is usually doweled or screwed together. And then the, high, uh, the higher quality custom style uh, cabinetry usually uses more traditional styles of joinery, such as dados and rebates, tenons, biscuits, dowels. They do use screws and pins and things as well, mainly just to hold it in place while they're clamping everything up. Um, and, you know, it it is something that will stand the test of time far better than uh, some cheaper options. Now, the doors and drawers can be fitted onto the cabinetry in different ways. And these are called full overlay, which kind of probably can imagine it basically the door is or the drawers are covering the carcass entirely half overlay means that the doors and drawers are kind of halfway covering the edges of the cabinetry inset is where the doors and drawers fit inside the carcass and then there's face frame and uh full overlay like i say is is the most common and um you know it's usually the best value for your dollar the half overlay, well, I'm just going to say it, it's weird. And in my 20 years of working in this field, no client has ever asked for it, but you do see it, especially in older homes and condos and things from the 60s and, and 70s. Like I say, the inset is sort of fits inside that, that carcass. And then the face frame is where there's a wider piece of wood that goes around the, the perimeter of the carcass. It's usually about an inch and a half or two inches wide. And then the door itself sits inset into that frame. So it's it's the most expensive and most traditional style of, of cabinetry that you could go with. And cabinetry itself is broken down into a variety of components. So we have the carcasses like we just talked about. And then we have the doors and drawers. And the doors can be shaker style, which is basically, you know, you have the frame and then like an inset panel. A raised panel is very much like that, but the panel itself is thicker and there's usually a bit of a, a beading detail or a profile of some kind in the inside. And then you have a flat or a slab uh, style door, which is very modern, contemporary. Uh, oftentimes it's like very budget friendly. And for the car car carcasses themselves, uh, the most common material is, is white melamine, but there's other colors and wood grains that exist within that melamine uh, family. And then there's also pre-finished plywood, which is often maple or birch. Now, I personally like the plywood option better um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. It just looks nicer. It's easier to work with. It's lighter. 
uh, if you do get a little bit of water in there, it's not going to expand or blow up quite as much as a, a white melamine product would, which is basically just sawdust and glue. Um, but it is a premium option, so you are going to pay a little bit more for it. Now, drawer boxes uh, are preferred or solid uh birch or maple that are dovetailed, but you can also use plywood with locking joints or even melamine that are nailed and screwed, and then you can get the metal uh, sided style as well. And again, those are going to be a little bit cheaper um, from a, a, you know, a price standpoint. And, you know, I can't say I really love them. I would probably never put them in a vanity, but, you know, some people maybe just buy something off the rack and that's the way it comes. All right. So for materials of all this stuff, um, the doors and drawers and so forth. Basically wood comes in a variety of species and cuts. So like cherry and oak and maple and mahogany, they're all pretty common. Uh, and, you know, some people may deviate a little bit to something that's a little bit softer, like pine or alder. Both of those two would probably dent, or they, they will dent quite a bit more easily. And Pain, uh, sorry, pine was uh, was all the rage for a distressed look in the '90s, um, and you know we I think we may have done one or two vanities in in pine, but you know it's definitely not what I would choose um, in my own house. So uh, as far as the cut goes, that is uh, how we refer to how the tree was machined or cut into planks and how the grain appears. Basically, it's how the log is milled. And, out, and or cut and at what angle to the center of it. So a flat or plain sawn uh, cut will give you those big loopy cathedrals that are called. Uh, rift cut will give you a much straighter grain. And uh, white oak is really popular in this cut right now versus the uh, 1970s oak kitchen that people have in their mind where you have like these big cathedrals and it's really, uh, really heavy graining. Rift or, or, or coarse on are, are both sort of more modern or contemporary ways that we get around getting, you know, so we're not so getting blasted so visually by these wild grain patterns. Now, quarter sawn, is, like I say, is also straight grain, but it will also show the, some rays or flecks in there. Um, and it can give you some nice uh, patterning, but not in your face. So, you know, it's also a nice cut. Um, and of course, you know, we have a variety of finishes that we can use. Uh, they can be paint grade uh, or stained or clear, uh, depending if you're using wood or not. And then, of course, we have our vinyl, thermofoil, laminate. And often these types of materials can be high gloss, which really meets that uber modern aesthetic. Um, and then we have a variety of hardware as well. So we've got the European style, which is that self-closing, soft close type idea. Uh, this, the slides on the, the drawer boxes are full extensions, so they pull right out of the carcass and you can see right into the back of the drawer. And then we also have um, traditional, which is more like a butt hinge style. Um, and it's something that we would use more in, in furniture style or a face frame type of cabinetry. And then, of course, we have all kinds of like specialty options with like pull-out style, you know, bins and stuff for maybe uh, like laundry or what have you. And then of course we've got all, all of like the really decorative types of hardware for your knobs and your handles, whether they're, they're bin pulls or, I mean, the sky's the limit. You can really find some great uh, options out there that are not super generic. 
Uh, and regardless of what you choose for the style, the finish, and the construction for your cabinetry, you may want to keep in mind, well, you will want to keep in mind what your storage needs are and how you want to populate it. And vanities are small units by nature and because they're in a smaller room with a lot of different activities going on. So most often there are a couple of drawers under the sink, possibly a drawer below that, and often there's a narrow set of drawers on one side of the other, which are better than nothing, but they really don't function that well um, if they're too narrow. You don't know if I'm being real about it. Uh, if you have space for a double vanity, it's common to see a set of drawers separating the two sinks. And if there's um, a lot of a really generous amount of space for that vanity, maybe you're gonna see a set of drawers on each end as well as in the middle, and then the sink uh, unit would have, you know, there's two doors on, on each side. Um, and of course, if you have space in your room, uh, it would be great to have some tall storage in there for those bulky items like, you know, Costco toilet paper and multi-packs of toothbrushes and mouthwash and whatever else. And of course, they're also great for, uh, you know, storing your towels and various medicines and all that kind of thing. Now, if you're tight in, for, for space and you still need some storage, and you're willing to pay for some customized cabinetry, you could utilize the, the stud bay space uh, to put in a, a narrow unit. Um, now to make this look right, it really does need to be finessed a little bit. So you, you wanna make sure that someone um, has the skills for it. And of course, medicine cabinets, you know, we all know what those are. Um, they're less requested these days, but you know, they do still serve a good purpose, especially if you're tight on space. And they usually incorporate the mirror as well. Um, and they too can either be mounted to the wall or they can be nested into a stud space. So for a little note on nesting cabinetry into to stud spaces, you're gonna need to uh, possibly deal with a little bit of uh, carpentry work to reframe the opening to make it work for whatever you, your needs are, especially if it's a vanity, because. Uh, Framing is usually 16 inches on center, and usually, sorry, not a vanity, I meant a medicine cabinet. Um, and if you're going to put a medicine cabinet on, normally you want to have, you know, like, you know, 20 or 24 inches wide by whatever height. So you're going to need to kind of reframe that opening to allow that cabinet to kind of nest into the wall. So just a little thought on that um, to put that in the back of your head. Now we have had clients ask us for various personalized uh, sort of detailing. Everything from, you know, a hairdryer, curling iron style cups in like a pullout type of cabinet um, uh, aspect. And um, we, we also had a number of times where we've changed the layout in the bathroom, but the heating vent um, is in now a place that, you know, maybe the vanity is covering. Um, so what we do there is we basically create a chase in the kick space under the cabinet and put a vent cover on the the face of the kick itself and that way the heat can still come up it hits the underside of the cabinet and then it gets you know sort of spit out the front and then that way your room is still uh, being heated and of course we have all kinds of like pullouts and whatnot that we can um, put in sometimes we put them in inside the the underneath the sink and usually we try and do that after the plumbing is done so that uh, we can accommodate whatever the p-trap and supply lines and stuff look like and still give you a little bit of extra storage in there uh, and like I say sometimes people have asked us for some laundry 
style pullout bins and and really the sky's the limit if you think of something that you want to incorporate you generally can especially if you know you're doing a custom style of, ca of cabinetry all right so um like i said uh, you know we want to really consider what our storage needs are um, and you you want to think about how you're going to populate them as you're going through that design process and make sure that you have space and whatnot for all of the things that you want to put in there or that you anticipate putting in there. And that way we know if, if we've overlooked anything or something needs to change before we actually get the cabinet and find out, oh, you know, our shampoo bottle or we have a cream or, you know, the, the toilet paper we normally buy just won't fit in here now. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? So it's really good to have an idea of what it is you're going to be putting in these all of these cabinets and making sure that it'll work for you. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about floating vanities here for just just a moment because they are really quite popular and I do often get asked about them. And you know, I don't mind them per se, but I do think they're a bit of a pain to clean under. And for any cabinetry that's floating, whether it's a vanity or something else, you also need to make sure that you have some additional back framing in the wall to help support it when you screw things in because it's just hanging there. So it's not resting on the floor. Gravity is gravity. It's going to do its work and it's going to want to pull that thing down. So we always want to make sure that there's some additional framing in the wall to support it. Now we often suggest to clients that with this option, we sort of go with, hey, let's maybe consider a hybrid option. So basically what we do is we reduce the size of the kick to a half or a third of the depth of the unit, which will allow easier cleaning. And it will also allow uh, better support, which I think is a great compromise. Um, and you still get that look as though it is floating, but you don't sort of have the hassle factor of the other two sort of downsides of having a floating vanity. All right, well, I'm going to leave it there today. I know that was a lot of information um, for cabinetry and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, of course, reach out if you have any questions or if you have any episode suggestions. Um, but, you know, be sure to come up uh, come back and listen to uh, more episodes in this series for bite-sized information on all of the elements that go into renovating your drab to dream bathroom. All right. Until next time, ciao for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for All Things Renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now. <laughs>